The Christian life cannot be reduced to a man-made list of things to do and not to do. However, when God gives a specific list in Scripture, we must take careful note of His priorities. Today, we examine the Lord's to-do list found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we uncover divine instructions for the last days. It's one thing to try to help hurting people, and it's quite another to deal with people who are trying to hurt you. We're walking our way through 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at the Lord's to-do list, uh, instructions in light of eternity. Jesus is coming. Christ could come at any moment. And here we are living in the last days, and God says, these are things that I want to be true of your life. And the last time we studied, we looked at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14, where the Bible says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. And that's a, quite a verse, isn't it? What a list. Four distinct groups of people that need your help. Now we come to verse number 15 where the thought continues. I'll remind you that uh, we believe and know that the Word of God is inspired, every word of it. The very words are inspired. But the chapter and verse divisions are not inspired. In fact, they've just been given in the last few hundred years. Now don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for them. If it wasn't for them, we'd all still be looking for 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, but uh, as much as they aid in our study, sometimes they can limit our understanding. You have to read through the chapter divisions. You have to read through the verse divisions, oftentimes to get the full story. Remember that every verse is connected to the verses around them. So let's read again 1 Thessalonians 5.14 and then read on to the, to the next verse. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Do you see the link here? Do you see the, the continuation of the truth, this beautiful progression? We're to be patient toward all men, and that patience is going to help us not render evil for evil. There are going to be times in life where someone says something very ugly or unkind. There are going to be moments in life where someone does you wrong. How you respond to those people is very important. My dad used to say to me, son, there's a difference between reacting and responding. He said, when you react, usually that's a fleshly reaction. Uh, anger wells up inside of you. You're going to straighten it out. You're going to get vengeance. That's reaction. That's flesh. But he said a response. Now, that's something that's thoughtful. It's measured. And he said, that can only happen when you're under the control of the Holy Spirit. I want to be spiritual today, not fleshly. How about you? So that means... I need to yield myself to the all-patient God and say to Him, Lord, sometimes I can't put up with anybody. Now, sometimes I can't put up with myself, but You're patient toward all. Help me be patient toward all and help me not render evil for evil to any man. Do you hear that, that phrase, unto any man? Now, there are some people it's easier to put up with, some people it's easier to like than others. But God says, do not render evil for evil. Remember, Everything reproduces after its own kind naturally. If you're not careful, flesh answers to flesh. So when someone else's flesh lashes out at you, the easy thing to do is let your flesh respond. But instead, 
we must let the Holy Spirit respond to the flesh of other people. We must let the Spirit of God in us guard our tongues and guide our thoughts and responses so that instead of giving back to them the same thing they may be giving, instead they're receiving the love of God. You know, it's interesting because we're thinking about the end of times, the last days. I really believe that the nearer we get to the end, the greater the persecution is going to be. I believe there are going to be lots of uh, guns, if you will, uh, perhaps not to literal but figuratively, turned on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe persecution is coming, and I think it's very important to remember that our response is going to testify to the reality of the grace of God or the lack thereof in our lives. You see, the Bible says that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Your anger is just as wicked as their anger. Your flesh just as ugly as their flesh. Uh, your sin just as awful as the sin around you. So you must constantly guard that some evil response doesn't rear up inside of you. Uh, the ultimate example of this, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll remember that the Bible says repeatedly, He answered not a word. He answered not a word. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, but he answered not a word. Why does the Holy Spirit repeat that through Scripture? The nearer Christ got to the cross, the less he spoke. Might I suggest to you today that the nearer we live to the cross, the more the cross of Jesus Christ is a living reality in our lives, the less we will speak, and the less we will speak fleshly, ugly words. Oh, God help me. I'm thinking about my own life right now. I'm not thinking about preaching. I'm thinking about just everyday living. I'm not talking about teaching Sunday school. I'm talking about how you deal with people on the job or at the school today. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, may life come out today and not death. Uh, Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Flesh never becomes spirit. Spirit never becomes flesh. You're going to have to decide today whether you're going to live a fleshly life or you're going to live a spiritual life. And then the rest of the verse says this, instead of just leaving us with the negative, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, it says, but, here's the way a Christian's supposed to live, ever follow that which is good. Don't you love that? This is the divine pursuit. Pursue that which is good. Uh, do you see the contrast here between good and evil? You're going to have to choose today which one you want to characterize your life and characterize your conversation. And you'll have to make a determination again and again about this. It won't happen on accident. It will be on purpose. You must choose to follow that which is good. And then he closes verse 15 with these words, both among yourselves and to all men. You're going to have to learn how to forgive, how to make peace, uh, how to uh, be friends, how to be kind, how to demonstrate the love of God in many different contexts, in many different situations. He says here, within and without. In other words, within the church, uh, that's among yourselves, and without the church, uh, that's among all men. That means in the four walls of the church building, in the meeting house. Don't imagine just because you're with Christians, everybody's going to act spiritual. And don't imagine you're spiritual just because you're there. But even when you walk out those doors, when you go out into your everyday life, you must be a Christian there. Now, let me give you a verse that I think is a great comparison verse to this. It's Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10, where the Bible says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good. Do you remember the wording in 1 Thessalonians 5? Ever follow that which is good? 
Well, Galatians 6.10 says, Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. It doesn't mean it stops in the church house, but it should start there. We should begin today to demonstrate the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ to our own family members, those who are in the family of God. And then it should go beyond that to those who are outside the church, those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said, By this shall all men know you are my disciples, when you have love one for another. And so we should love one another, and then we should demonstrate that love to the lost that are all around us. D.L. Moody once said that there are, there are two ways of having unity among God's people. You can either be frozen together or melted together. Oh, I don't want to be frozen, do you? We need to be melted together by the love of God and melted together by a passion for souls around us. May the Lord help every one of us in these last days live like Jesus, respond like Jesus, and treat others today like Jesus would treat them. We hope you will take the time to read through 1 Thessalonians 5 and ask the Lord to help you do what matters most to Him today. Thank you for listening and praying for this Bible teaching ministry. Find out more at scottpauley.org. We look forward to studying God's Word with you again next time on Enjoying the Journey. Thank you.